Hello and welcome to Scary Pair, a uh, horror movie podcast between partners. I'm Nine. What's up, Wikis? It's beautiful. <laughs> Come on. And today we're going to be unboxing a lamp. <laughs> the Lighthouse. Uh, yeah, we're doing The Lighthouse from 2019? 18? 19. 19? Uh, it's one of those with a weird release, okay. for sure. Alright, uh, well it's directed by Robert Eggers, starring Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. Uh, just them. <laughs> Basically. Uh, but before we get into that, Opal, what have we been doing this week? Um. Well, you haven't watched any movies because we've been a little bit busy. Yeah. Which is a shame because I realize it's Halloween month, but we're going to get on it because Pearl just came to streaming and we really want to see it. Yeah, I also have, like, I've been adding movies to my letterbox like, watch list, so we've got, like, a a log of stuff to go through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We we did, um, we have a Shudder subscription, so we did watch the, the top 101 scariest moments thing, and... I found that pretty entertaining. For the most part, I agreed. Some of them, some of them feel like diversity picks. Like uh, <laughs> Saw and Hostel aren't scary, but you know. I mean, it's interesting because it almost comes off as like somebody's top one hundred horror movies list, but it just is. It's just a little odd. Like it's fine. It's super subjective. Um, I liked the top 10. I, I super agree with the top 10 and I think most of them are understandable at the very least. Yeah. It's not like my taste exactly, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, I, I would, I would recommend that if you want to get ideas for, uh, horror movies to watch. Oh yeah. They, they go into, um, some of them, they spoil the movie a little bit too much, particularly some more recent ones that I kind of felt like, eh, maybe you shouldn't say that about it. But yeah. yeah, yeah. If you don't mind that too much, uh, maybe give it a try. Yeah, agreed. Um, but yeah, we're continuing. Uh, fall fall fav- favorites. Fall favorites. <laughs> um, this is for this month. We are just uh doing some of our favorite uh horror films. We are uh not leaving things up to chance. Uh, we're, just, we're just picking uh, some stuff that we really like. It's not like. my fault this time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I picked this one. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, so this is The Lighthouse. This um, is your second fall favorite. That's right. Uh, we're going to be doing your second one next week. Yeah, we will. Uh, let's try to get that up before October is over. Yeah. Maybe on Halloween or something. That would be great. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll shoot for that. Um, but yeah, we uh, watched this movie on your birthday wow so it was, it was my <laughs> gift to you <laughs> i mean it was fun i'm okay with it my, i'm 27 birthdays don't matter anymore my gift to you was like the nice pastries we got for breakfast yeah i did have my little piece of cake and i was feeling my fantasy yeah uh <laughs> unlike the men in this movie <laughs> i don't know so uh, i guess just a little background on this movie obviously we're going to be talking all about it so if you haven't seen it uh Go watch it. Um, yeah, just go watch it. The The idea is that, you know, two uh, two guys uh, get stuck in a lighthouse and uh, lose their minds. This is our, our second Dudes Rock isolationist movie of the Fall Favorites pick. This is uh, the third Fall Favorites in a row where the boys are dating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, so this is an interesting one. Um it was so this is Edgar's second movie um 
you introduced me to the the witch his first movie which yeah that uh, was like the third time i had seen that movie in the period of it being in theaters so i'm like let's just do it yeah um great movie i think um this one is you know it's my fall favorite i think this is my favorite eggers movie yeah um we like the north man too though yeah we like the north man i'm not really, really a horror movie i'm though. really looking forward to his um nosferatu remake i think, I think that'll be interesting but the casting frightens me a little bit uh, um they are not uh robert pattinson or willem dafoe <laughs> i mean um he's gonna have bill skarsgård in it as nosferatu which i think is interesting but it's the other leading characters that yeah, Give I mean, me a little bit of pause, but we'll see how it turns out. We'll see how it goes. If I was going to describe an Eggers movie, um, it's generally speaking, uh, a young person is terrorized by a weirdo older person until they both go insane. Uh, and there's a creepy mood and a tone going on the whole time. Uh, they are incredibly accurate period piece movies as well oh yes Always. uh the, the this man like only knows how to make a period movie um very detailed very yeah detailed. yeah um we'll talk more about like his directorial style this is another one where we watched like a making of doc for it yes um, there's like a 30 minute making of doc for it that yeah. we found just on the internet i forget where it even was but... yeah um but if you just search like lighthouse making of doc you probably find it yeah. um but let's get into Let's get into our uh, summary, and then we can bring in other stuff uh, as we go. Yeah, for sure. All right, so we open in black and white in uh, the movie tone uh, uh, aspect ratio, which is 1 to 1.16. Don't uh, you look smart. Listen, <laughs> uh, it's a very weird uh, aspect ratio. It Basically, it's... Um, you know, it, it's basically... It's uh, like letterboxed Right, it's, ratio, it's almost. almost as um, wide as it is tall. It, yeah. It's almost square, um, which gives you this um, very, like, cramped feeling, which I think adds to, you know, the movie. Um, Eggers talked about, like, he really wanted it to be in black and white because he wanted you to be able to see, like... Um, black and white basically makes, like, a Caucasian person's, like... Uh, features really pop out because all of the like rosy complexion yeah, because when you, you when you first see this movie you, you you just have to think to yourself like robert and willem don't look this haggard do they? <laughs> they don't look this they're not this old yet they can't be right because the lens like can't get any red tones in there um all like um like little tiny blemishes and imperfections in their skin are black and stand out, so everyone looks like really, yeah. really grimy. Yeah. Um, and I think like a lot of the shots of just like the moon shimmering on the sea or like the light from the lighthouse against like it the, looks like the an night, older movie. It, but the the black and white like adds to it because it makes the the lights yes. really light and the darks really dark. Um, I, I found myself thinking this time that it makes it look a lot like. You know, like those old sailor videos you would pull up on YouTube or something. <laughs> sure. Or just like, because the microphones aren't very good. Yeah. But especially during the like Robert Pattinson toilings yeah. <laughs> later when he's just like rolling wheelbarrows up a, up a hill. I'm like, oh yeah, this is some old timey B footed stuff. Yeah, like, oh, this is like somebody who's recording a minute work. Yeah. You know, like, um, but yeah, so. Uh, we open on a boat uh, drifting through uh, the mist as a foghorn sounds. Um, this is going to be something that plays a lot. 
uh-huh. uh, uh, and two men are being uh, dropped off at a lighthouse tower uh, as two men are being uh, relieved of their shift. Um, one is a younger man, uh, Ephraim Winslow, played by Robert Pattinson, and the other is an older man, uh, Thomas Wake, played by Willem Dafoe. And these are going to be pretty much the only characters we see in the entire movie. They are the movie. only characters. Yeah. There, Let's just say that. There are other actors in the movie, but these are the only characters. Yes. Um, and just, uh, the, like, we don't even know their names <laughs> at this point. But just for no. the sake of the summary, I'm going to be calling them uh, Winslow and Thomas. You get through half Thomas. the movie before you know anyone in anybody's name, basically. Yeah. Uh, just for the sake of simplicity, I'm going to be calling them Winslow and Thomas for the whole summary, the whole way through. Uh, well. Just so, just so it's uh, easier for me. <laughs> okay, okay. We will clarify later why yeah. that's going to be weird. Yeah. But... I mean, it, it is going to be weird, um, but just for the sake of, like... Uh, this movie is very hard to summarize. <laughs> yes, yes, you told me so. Um, like, I'm going to try my best here. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, so that those are going to be uh, our characters. Let's let's just say out the gate that we're going to be editorializing a <laughs> Quite a bit, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we get, um, you know, scenes of these two, like, wordlessly settling in. Uh, Winslow is, like, poking around. He's trying to, like, open the desk. He finds, like, a wooden mermaid figure stuffed inside his mattress. This will be his precious waifu figurine. Yeah, you said you said when this scene happened that you want someone to edit this scene where it's like a anime woman figure. Yeah, I want someone to go into Adobe Premiere and change it to like a big booby figure or something. <laughs> I think that'd be really funny. And uh, we also get a feel for uh, Thomas, who uh, is farting a lot. Yeah, he does a lot. They're very uh, cut in. <laughs> yeah. Apparently um, the sound work guy said he will take the secret of this sound to his grave. <laughs> Which can only tell me that he farted on a microphone. Right? I mean, that's that's the only explanation. <laughs> I don't know. Um, sound people are weird. Speaking of the sound person, we also get more of the foghorn here. It is, like, oppressive and constant throughout this movie. Um, and we we saw this in the theater, and it was kind of crazy how loud it was. It's like, oh my god. Yeah. It just takes you back. Like, uh, is this going to be happening the whole time? Although I will say the nice thing about it is... Um, they change up the volume of it. They change up, like, the context that you hear it in. So it sounds maybe a little more muffled if they're indoors or maybe a bit louder if they're, like, if Winslow's cleaning it out. I mean, yeah, uh, it's supposed to be annoying and oppressive is the point. Yeah, but I don't think um, it makes me want to, like, turn the movie off at any point, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's just, like, kind of every choice in this movie is basically in service of this mood that they're going for. Yeah. Which is... God, God damn it, you're stuck on this fucking island and it's terrible out here. Um, and that includes, you know, the sound design. Yeah. Um, Such as the sound design of our cat <laughs> in the background. Yeah, well, th- this this uh, recording setup is not ideal, but we'll make it work. We usually shut them out, but, you know. You know. She'll do what she does. Yeah. Um, so right away, um, the kind of chores are very evenly divided. Uh, no, <laughs> no, they are not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's very uh, stark. Like Ephraim basically, or uh, Winslow, does all of the manual labor, uh, while Thomas pretty much uh, cooks and mans the lighthouse. Yeah, um, he has fun in the lamp room. That's right. <laughs> uh, seven minutes in, we get our first dialogue. 
uh, over dinner. Uh, Thomas proposes a toast, uh, and Winslow announces he doesn't drink, although he he does um, like go fill up a glass of water to like oblige Thomas, who's like, "Come on, <laughs> it's bad luck to to leave a toast unanswered." A lot of things are bad luck. <laughs> but uh we find out that the water is no good because the cistern needs mending uh which is going to be winslow's job yeah nasty water yeah um when he asks about like hey would it be okay if i you know if i uh got into that lighthouse a little bit <laughs> uh <laughs> thomas is like fuck you no way uh, what that lighthouse do what that what that lighthouse do <laughs> um but Thomas is like, no way, um, you know, I'm the senior lighthouse keeper. I, like, know what I'm doing. It's, like, clear um, that, yes, he's being territorial about, like, this is the, um, this is, like, someone who's, like, earned their way. Yeah, it's his, it's his right of, as seniority or right. whatever. But also, like, he's making too much of a big deal about it. Like, Winslow goes out of his way to be like, well, but the manual says, and he's like, well, I don't care what the manual says. I, like, while we're out here, I'm, like, your dad, and I decide what goes, and you just have to deal with it. And Winslow's like, all right. Um, yeah. And this is basically going to continue throughout the movie. It's going to keep being, like, a point of contention that Thomas won't let him in the lighthouse, and he has to do all the manual labor. Yeah, um, that's kind of like the the big struggle. Yeah, um, and I mean, I like this choice um, to kind of we follow um, Winslow Robert Patton's character like way more uh, than we do like Willem Dafoe's. It, it's I would say a lot more from like his perspective. Um, so we see all of the like hard labor and toil. We're seeing a lot less of what Thomas is up to. Yeah, I um, think that's on purpose because his character is supposed to be like maybe a bigger point of mystery. Like you don't really know him because Winslow doesn't really know him. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, that night we get a shot of shirtless uh, Thomas toasting the Fresnel lens at the top of the tower. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be like an ongoing thing. He has like a pseudo almost like sexual relationship with... Almost. What are you? What are you saying? Almost. Uh, with, That's with his wife. That is his. That is his wife. Um, and we also see uh, Winslow. He's you know going out for a smoke, and he's like gazing out on the Black Sea. Um, but then he sees like some logs floating around, and like the back of a man's head, and he like wanders into the ocean water, and he gets pulled under, and we see a, a freaky mermaid. We don't know she's freaky yet. She's just kind of a mermaid. I mean, this is the scariest mermaid on, like, film I think I've ever seen in this movie. Disagree. All right. We saw Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean, that's, like, a very, like, monstery mermaid. But in terms of, like, the beautiful woman, I think this is a really good balance between, like, a, you know, it's a siren. It's someone who's, like, enticing and calling you out to the water, but then also, like, creature that will get yeah, you i see what you mean um I, I think they really accomplished that here um did you see that anya taylor joy wanted to play the mermaid but, <laughs> but robert eggers was like maybe not maybe not a good idea yeah uh i think that's really interesting um i i like that the mermaid is not really a character in this movie um it's just kind of like a recurring like figure um that winslow is going to run into um and it's also this is our first bit of like uh kind of expressly unreliable narrator where he like wakes up like he's dreaming um and we're gonna get this a lot where 
you know, you see a scene and then it kind of transitions to Winslow's point of view and then something fantastical happens and then there's a cut. And so we're left kind of thinking, okay, did this really happen? Is this a hallucination? I'm going to go ahead and say it didn't really happen. I mean, I think that's what the movie uh, wants you to think. Like, it, the filmic language, right, is like, this isn't real. This is like a something surreal happens and it leads up to like this uh, building dread and then something terrible happens, right? And then it cuts away and then it's like, it it, it reads like a dream sequence fake out. But um, with the, like, frequency that this happens at and, like, the repetitiveness of it, it makes you start to doubt all the other scenes in the movie. Um, like, which parts are, are dreams and which parts are real. Yeah, um, it starts out like they're really kind of fantastical and it's like, okay, obviously this isn't happening. But then it kind of blends together right. and you don't really know. Right, we see it slowly kind of, like, mesh together. Um, and... Uh, Winslow and Thomas continue to kind of keep up their uh, annoying relationship where, you know, he has to mend the leaky roof while Thomas, like, sleeps in his bed. Um, he, we have seen various, like, menial tasks, like uh, firing up the coal furnace and things like that. Um, and we also get introduced to another recurring figure, which is the one-eyed seagull, uh, which kind of taunts... Winslow, yeah, <laughs> I love the I love the um, birds in this movie. The bird actors that they got. It sounds uh, like they did not like working with the bird actors. I mean, working with any like animal uh, performers is very like historically very difficult, right? Well, I I mean, there's going to be a difference between a well trained dog and a seagull that just kind of tolerates you, right? Yeah, absolutely. And but I think the fact that this seagull is kind of like uncooperative and kind of like weird and unpredictable um kind of adds in it's going to be this recurring character that keeps showing up to like taunt and torment winslow basically as he's I, like around listen, the i'm just saying you can just go the bird will move <laughs> i mean yeah um but uh yeah uh he also uh he hauls a big barrel of oil up the lighthouse steps this looks fucking terrible okay but this is also kind of a running theme where he is doing things in a way that is extremely inefficient and making things harder for himself. Right, and we get told that explicit here. Like, when he gets to the chop, Thomas is like, hey, next time just, like, use this, like, canister of oil and bring it up. And, uh, hey, can you take this big flammable barrel of oil down from where, you know, our big uh, lighthouse lamp is? Because uh, we set the whole thing on fire. Um but again, like, this is just a way to be like, hey, fuck you, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's annoying to that character, obviously, but then you get might get the sense that he's not the best worker. Right. Like, he'll do something if you ask him to, but he'll hate you the whole time and probably do it a little bit wrong. Right. I mean, that's kind of the, like, back and forth that we're getting is, like, he's a newbie. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't enjoy or do well with menial labor. Um, and then his like boss basically is just making everything worse yeah um and kind of the their back and forth just keeps building and keeps building throughout throughout the movie um over dinner they bicker uh <laughs> thomas tells a story about a mutiny he witnessed um and he's kind of like you know you gotta watch out for the doldrums when you're at sea because being cooped up with other people just makes you crazy and you do this the, the the wildest stuff when uh you know you're stranded at sea basically 
This will come up later. No way. <laughs> uh, when Winslow asks uh, why Thomas's previous assistant left, he says that, uh, oh, yeah, he's dead. Uh, <laughs> He went crazy. He was convinced that there was some kind of enchantment on the lighthouse and that it was, like, uh, important in some way. And he, uh, he, he just died. Uh, and he, uh, Thomas says, oh, and by the way, leave the <laughs> leave the seagulls alone. I saw you sparring with the gull. Yeah, he's like, I saw you sparring with the gull. <laughs> Bad luck to kill a seabird. Um, and when Winslow's like, why is this such a big deal? Uh, Thomas freaks out <laughs> and uh, kind of violently shoves him, but then... Almost immediately is like... He gives him a big slappy across the face. Almost immediately he kind of realizes that like, oh, I fucked up. And he kind of is like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, don't don't take me seriously. I don't, I don't mean that. And he's a little embarrassed. And he's like, why don't you just like make us coffee or something? Um, I'm not at sea anymore. I can't hit people. <laughs> yeah, so we get the idea that like their language here, we haven't talked about it, but they're speaking in like a dialect. They um, both have different dialects they do specifically um, yeah uh so robert pattinson's is a little more um like northeasterly um kind of like new york i, 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 I saw say. it described as a main farmer accent yeah yeah whereas um thomas speaks in like a full sailor like brogue basically yes. um you know you get the idea that like this guy's too old to be on a ship anymore, so now he's Well, doing specifically, this. he has, like, a bum leg that yes. he can't do anything anymore, and that's why he doesn't do it anymore, but it kind of seems like he wish he could. Yeah, right. He, he's clearly, like, still feeling his, his sailor fantasy. Yeah, he's feeling his, he's feeling his oats. Yeah. Um, that night, uh, Winslow masturbates in his room, uh, with the, uh, mermaid statue. There's... A lot of jerk in it. There's quite a bit. Just like you would expect, right? But also, I heard there was supposed to be a lot more uh, full frontal in this movie. Yes, I heard the same, yeah. (laughs) I Uh, give me the dong cut. (laughs) Um, They're keeping it from us. uh, Yeah, this movie is like, it it has some masturbation in it, and I think it always frames it as really gross. Uh, Happy masturbation is a little gross right right but i mean along with like the farting and the griminess i think it's supposed to like give you this feel that like these guys are cooped up and they're really just nasty basically like base animal (laughs) behavior yeah um and when he uh goes out for a smoke afterwards uh, he thinks for a minute he sees thomas uh naked in the lighthouse tower like basking in the light yeah um feeling his oats uh, the next day, Thomas accuses Winslow. Uh, he, he, like, accosts him because there's, like, a scuff mark on the floor. Uh, and Winslow kind of balks at this. But Thomas goes into a rage and he's like, I'll dock your fucking wages if you contradict me. You have to uh, scrub the goddamn floors. And I, he's uh, breaking into, like, a lot of um, almost, like, really poetic stuff here. Uh, uh, Willem Dafoe does a lot of... Uh... <laughs> sailor monologuing yeah uh he's gonna do that throughout the whole movie uh, it's amazing he's really going for it just like full tilt which i really appreciate oh yeah um, he b- does incredible both of these guys both are. of them do incredible um pattinson with just like the feeling of just a guy completely fucking losing it and then defoe like breaking into these like soliloquies the captain ahab bullshit <laughs> yeah uh, yeah um which is really good um 
In the pouring rain, Winslow drops a wheelbarrow full of coal. Uh, Failing at life. And uh, over dinner, you see him just, like, silently seething. Um, Lightning, you did that, bro. (laughs) You don't know what to be mad at. You can tell he's just at his fucking wit's end. Um, The next day, they are whitewashing the lighthouse. Uh, They're, like, painting the side of it. This is, like... One of the first scenes where I just, like, laughed through the whole thing. Yeah. Um, Parts of this movie are really funny, is the thing. Yeah, I think both of the actors bring a really funny performance to the material. Uh, I saw that uh, Eggers thought it was going to be too funny because uh, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe are just really funny. They're just really charming and funny guys, and they, they yeah, they have a great performance. I think it still ends up being a good balance. Yeah. Where, like, the levity kind of um, keeps it fun and keeps the movie, like, moving and keeping it from being mired too much in this, like... Uh, yeah, I just really enjoyed the the mix of, like, a little bit of comedy and humor. Some of it direct and some of it uh, kind of indirect, where it's just, like, somebody saying a line read in kind of a silly way makes you laugh. It breaks up what could be, like, a really dreary and oppressive movie, uh, especially visually, since it's so... Since it is black and white, it's a little bit flat where it's like, um, there's not a lot of like, uh, and it's just the two guys, you know, you, you, you have no escape from these characters and their deal. Um, so keeping it. Yeah, you're kind of at the mercy of their experiences and some of it is so bleak that you just have to laugh at it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I think, um, it manages to do that without being like too comedic where, um, I'm not like ready to take this stuff seriously like i'm always ready to get back into the bleak scenes because they, they you know find time to make me laugh sometimes like in the same scene um which is just hard to do i think they, they uh, hit a good balance with it yeah fully drops rubber bats <laughs> in on the ground uh yeah so this scene yeah uh winslow's like hanging down like on a chair basically being suspended from the top of the tower uh, and he falls Yeah. Uh, Watching Robert Pattinson be wiggled around in this chair in the documentary (laughs) was really, really funny. It was very funny. Uh, He's just, like, flailing around. Uh, They're like, okay, give give us, like, a good, like, flail. And he's like... (laughs) And Robert Eggers is just like, Robert will do anything. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But uh, later that night... Uh, Winslow kind of spies Thomas uh, filling out his log book. Um, this is kind of was brought up in the previous scene, like um, when Thomas was threatening to like dock his wages. Like he's keeping a log of all the activity here that he's going to hand over to their employers, basically, and that's going to determine how much Winslow is paid. So that's kind of why he's got to listen to him. Me big book of grievances. <laughs> <laughs> um, over dinner, uh, he finally introduces himself. Uh, and when Thomas asks, you know, what brought him to the lighthouse, he says, oh, well, I used to, uh, work, uh, in timber. Um, and Thomas is like, are you sure that sounds like hard work? Uh, you know, I wish I could go back to sea, but you know, I got my, my bum leg here. Uh, and he's like, yeah, well, it just didn't suit me. Um, we find out that, uh, Thomas used to be married, but he says, uh, his wife never forgave him for missing 13 Christmases at sea. Um. But, uh, it doesn't with, really seem like he's that torn up about it. No, no. I mean, you get the feeling that like this guy, you know, he loves the he loves the ocean. He loves uh, 
He, 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 he loves Lamp. He loves Lamp. He doesn't know, like, what else to do with himself, you know? It's, like, that type of guy that's, like, given up his life in pursuit of something and is just, like, stuck with it. Um, and doesn't know how to not be stuck with it. Yeah. Um. The, the kind of guy that becomes, like, a crab fisher. Exactly. And you never see them again. Yeah. Um. Whereas Winslow, he's kind of like dodging questions about why he left his previous position. He's like, oh, I've done a bunch of jobs, but, you know, I can't really find anything that I take a shine to. And Thomas is like, well, are you on the run? Uh, and he says, no, 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 I'm just trying to, like, earn an honest living. You know, I just want to raise my own roof and be, the, you know, the boss of myself. And Thomas is like, oh, just the same old boring story. Huh? Uh, which is, you know, you're kind of getting this feeling of there's something being held back here. Obviously, yes. Yeah. Um, and later that night, they talk about, uh, how gulls, you know, have the souls of sailors, uh, and, you know, like the blessing of God, basically. Um, and that's why you shouldn't, uh, kill a seabird. Uh, the next day, Winslow kind of continues on with his work, and, you know, Thomas continues on manning the lighthouse and keeping his logbook, uh, and this is just continuing to be, like, a thorn in Winslow's side, <laughs> I um, hate that fucking book. <laughs> he can't sleep, uh, so he wanders up to the lighthouse, only to find Thomas masturbating inside the oh, chamber. He is, he's fully standing under the splash zone. Yeah, we see where uh, slime is coming down. Goop coming down, and then like too much goop. Um, <laughs> like a that's, surprising well, that's amount. That's just judgmental. <laughs> um, and Winslow sees like a writhing tentacle up there, like. Something's not what it seems. This is another moment of, like, the fantastical where we kind of cut to the next morning and he's, uh, you know, goes downstairs and, ah, damn it, the fucking cistern's broken again. And we're like, maybe it was all a dream. Um, Oh, I mean, what is, what is Thomas Wake packing under there? That's what I'm asking. Um, he goes to check out the cistern and he finds uh, a seagull has died in there. Uh, and... Uh, another should you just be leaving it open like that yeah for real uh and uh the one-eyed goal comes down and kind of pecks at him and he freaks out and loses it uh he like grabs it by the head in a rage and just slams it repeatedly against the sister until it turns into like a bloody pulp yeah this seagull gets turned into salsa basically yeah. um this is like the moment where you know uh he he just loses it you know he's uh, having these crazy visions, he's cooped up with this guy that he hates, he's not getting to do, like, any kind of noble work, he's just doing, like, manual labor, um, and this fucking bird won't leave him alone, and he just snaps, uh, and I think this is, like, a great performance by Robert Pattinson here, where he's just really, like, hammering this thing, and you, like, <laughs> feel the impact of all the hits, like, uh, just feeling a guy completely lose it, um. And uh, almost on cue, uh, the wind changes. We, like, see uh, a pan up to, like, the the little, um, like... Weather vane. Weather vane that just all of a sudden goes... And then starts yeah. going the other way. Um, the day before they're supposed to be, you know, done with their post. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, One day till retirement. Yeah. Um, but they do manage to, you know... Uh, catch some fresh lobster uh, and they enjoy a, a lobster uh, dinner uh, and finally Winslow's kind of like all right you know I'll I'll drink with you Thomas and they toast to relief uh, he's kind of like finally broken him down like you know they're like we're gonna be done with this tomorrow 
I never have to see you again. You know, we're finally getting off of this fucking rock. We can finally, you know, kind of soften up to each other now. Lobsters are effectively immortal, you know. Yeah, they like biologically, like if they don't, if they don't uh, get killed by anything. Yeah, th- they, that's, they that's just, the like, funny part, right? Because biologists are like, they're immortal. Trust us. Until they die. <laughs> <laughs> well, the idea is, like, as long as they don't become prey or, like, find themselves without, like, sufficient stuff to eat, like, their body can just keep them going forever, which is, you know, pretty cool. There's a super lobster down there somewhere. Somewhere. Um, but, yeah, the two men, uh, they sing and tell stories drunkenly. Um, they're, like, having a nice, like, uh, you know, jig. <laughs> Uh, but Winslow manages to ruin the good mood by asking, uh, hey, you know, why haven't you let me, uh, come up to the lighthouse this whole time? Record scratch. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they, like, get into an argument, uh, and then brush it off almost immediately in the way that, like, only very drunk people can do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Once they start drinking in this movie, all butts are off. Because, yeah. uh... They are both not good drunks. Yeah, as someone who uh, doesn't, like, get crazy drunk, really, but who has hung around uh, adults that can get a little crazy drunk. Um, it's like this. The Yeah, the, like, modulation between, like, voices are raised and people are fighting to everyone brushes it off and is nice to each other again <laughs> and loves everyone so much. Um, that kind of, like, back and forth is very, feels, like, super uh, accurate, basically. Um but sometimes they don't always get to that stage. <laughs> right. Sometimes they just hate each other. Um, but yeah, these two kind of soften to each other, and uh, Thomas finally shares his name uh, with Winslow. Uh, and he's like, Thomas? My name's Thomas? Uh, but then, you know, they, they do one final toast to getting off this goddamn rock and go to bed. Uh, I'll never see you again. <laughs> The next morning, uh, Winslow still, like, uh, you know, with a hangover and everything, uh, attempts to throw out the chamber pot. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Only to have the wind blow it back in his face. This fucking Big Lebowski scene. I, I love this scene because of the way it ends, which is with a perfectly cut Robert Pattinson <gasps> scream. But <laughs> uh, well, why'd you throw it up? Why did you throw it up, though? Because he's bad at everything. He is bad at everything. Um, And we also see the rain uh, is now pouring down here. Um, This is another, like, hallucination scene. Uh, He sees, like, somebody washed up on shore and goes to investigate. And it's a woman covered in seaweed. A woman. Uh, But he kind of realizes that it's a mermaid. And then the woman, like, wakes up and does, like, a siren screech at him. She's uh, laughing at him because she does this often to everybody. <laughs> She's like, ha I'm a mermaid. <laughs> Where are you going to put it in? <laughs> uh, <laughs> she thinks it's hilarious. Uh, yeah, so he's like screaming uh, and he runs inside the, the house. And uh, as soon as he gets in, Thomas is like, why are you yelling out there? <laughs> why are you yelling? Why do you smell like shit? <laughs> uh and he's like, hey, you need to fucking clean up because, you know, they're coming to pick us up. And if this place uh, is, you know, fucking big sty, we're going to be in trouble. Um, cut to <laughs> both of them uh, standing out in the storm being uh, pelted yeah. with 
uh, real Nova Scotia weather, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is real. <laughs> yeah, we learn that uh, a lot of the weather in, in this movie is just real. Uh, I mean, cliffs are just like that. That's why you shouldn't, like, stand next to the cliffs in Ireland or whatever, because yeah. you'll get blown right off. Yeah, the wind can just knock you the fuck over. Yeah. Um, and the boat doesn't come. The storm is, like, raging too much. Uh, they're, you know, stuck on the island. Yep. They can just not show up. Yeah. If they feel like <laughs> if it. They, if the boat can't get to you, you're just, you gotta wait for the boat, you yeah. know? The yeah. boat comes and the boat comes. Um, here we get a cut here, and uh, Thomas announces that the provisions have gone bad. Um, and when he suggests rationing, Winslow's like, wait a minute, you know, the boat, like, we just missed it. You know, maybe we just overslept. Maybe it'll just come tomorrow. Uh, and Thomas is like, what are you talking about? The storm's been going on for weeks. Uh, we missed the boat weeks ago. Yeah, we could be stranded out here for months. One guy I know got stuck for seven months out there. Uh, and, and Winslow is like, you're just trying to scare me. And, and Thomas is like, no, I'm fucking serious. You do this every day. <laughs> uh, and that's when the narrator uh asthma gets a uh, fucky yeah uh uh they uh go out into the rain to dig up a crate of buried rations uh, now this is the lighthouse unboxing that i'm talking about <laughs> i was looking i was racking my brain of like what would a lighthouse man unbox on stream what would he unbox <laughs> on youtube this um, is it the answer is a bunch of booze <laughs> moonshine that will make you go blind yeah <laughs> which uh Thomas has, like, buried out next to the lighthouse uh, for emergencies. Yeah, it is an emergency. <laughs> yeah. Um, that night, you know, they get really fucking <laughs> wasted, uh, but also start to kind of reveal holes in each other's uh, stories that they've been telling up to this point. Um, you know, Thomas is talking about this story where he got scurvy, and Winslow's like, wait a minute, because like in the story somehow like all of his teeth fall out but then he's eating grass but then it's like how are you supposed to eat grass with no teeth earlier he said he broke his leg yeah now he's saying it was scurvy. now he's saying scurvy fucked up my leg right uh and then on the other side uh winslow gives like a story about a foreman who just kept ragging on him uh and how he really hated him and oh yeah his name was foreman winslow (laughs) which he kind of says drunkenly and thomas is like what? What? <laughs> what? Uh, and <laughs> there's some great lines here. Uh, like, uh, Winslow says, "If I had a steak, I would fuck it." Oh boy, a rare, a bloody steak. Oh boy, I, I'd fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I love that line. Um, and this very quickly turns into like uh, a commentary on Thomas's bad cooking, which he takes quite a bit of offense to. I know he takes this so hard. He's like really losing it. He's like, "You're fond of me, lobster." Uh, <laughs> and uh, when you know Winslow uh, refuses to like bend to this, Thomas breaks into the most epic monologue in the whole <laughs> it's movie. Crazy. It's about him saying that he didn't like his cooking. And yeah. he goes into the craziest monologue in any movie ever. Yeah, the the gist of it is he's, like, calling Neptune to, like, strike Winslow down, basically. Yeah, he's, he's like, placing an old sailor's curse on him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to which Winslow says, all right, have it your way. <laughs> I like your cooking. Yeah. 
Just, uh, yeah, Willem Dafoe does not blink for, like, two minutes. And if you think, okay, you know, this is the climax, uh, it's gonna be, you know, the energy's gonna, like, trend down here, you're wrong. No, <laughs> there's no way. Um, you know, they've kind of both realized that they're well and truly stranded, and the dread is really building, um, and Winslow's like, alright, I need to get a look at this fucking logbook. So he, like, steals a, like, dinner knife, and he's trying to, like, jimmy the lock on Thomas's desk, but then the logbook is gone. Uh, so he goes and he, like, sees Thomas sleeping with the, the logbook on top of his belly, like an old-timey cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> so he, like, comes over and he's, like, sneaking up to him, like, oh, I'm gonna grab the book. But Me then... big book of bedtime. <laughs> But then he sees the keys to the lighthouse are also there, and he's like, oh, what if I grab these? And then uh, at, at like the last minute, he's like, oh, wait a minute, I have this like knife from earlier. What if I just kill this guy and I, you know, yeah, he, take his he stuff? Yeah, he almost gets there. Uh, but then, like, right at that moment, Thomas, like, wakes up, and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> uh, and he, you know... Basically tells uh, Winslow to fuck off, and uh, he loses his nerve. Although you can tell he's, like, really fucking enraged, basically. He's, like, quietly shaking. No, like, he farts, and then he starts shaking because he hates him so much. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he's clearly, like, losing it now. Uh, Winslow is, we see him, like, drinking basically everywhere on the job. Um, We get a really graphic uh, masturbation scene here uh, with the mermaid figure. Um... But while he's doing this, he's, like, having visions of the mermaid, but also... Uh, like... Intrusive masturbation thoughts, you could <laughs> yeah, say. Yeah, he's seeing, like, the, the back of a man's head, basically, like, uh, he's sneaking up on somebody. Um, and he he uh, pulls out up, like, the, the lobster trap and finds, like, a man's rotting head inside and uh, crazy stuff like this. It's, like, this is where the line between the fantastical and the reality is really blurring like we really can't tell like how much of this is real and how much of this is this guy just losing it uh and being you know in a drunken fugue basically um cut to (laughs) the boys are dancing uh (laughs) they do like a crazy drunken jig uh robert pattinson like really is like throwing himself into this one yeah he is uh like slobbering with <laughs> yeah. incoherence yeah at one point he just like spits out like a whole bunch of alcohol uh and then they juxtapose that with like a hard cut to them like slow dancing where they're just like leaning yeah. up against each other this is another one of those like thomas is serenading him th- this is another one where like if you've been around people who are really really fucking drunk uh this is this like this is what happens you know it <laughs> it goes between people being like the rowdiest they've ever been to both of them like completely dead tired like just leaning up against each other because they can't stand up <laughs> and like you know singing a love song to each other uh hold your bro up <laughs> and for a second it almost looked like they're going in for a kiss here yes yes uh he fully goes in for a kiss and uh they lose their nerve. Uh, yeah, and then they start kicking the shit out of each other. I know, they other. start punching the shit out of each other, which is so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. You just see Robert Pattinson fully, like, punch Willem Dafoe in the stomach. Um, and dudes then, rock. Dudes rock. Uh, and then, you know, it, it cuts to another, like, tender moment where um, Thomas is kind of resting on, you know, Winslow's lap. Um, and 
Winslow starts to confess, he's like, uh, you know, my, my, you know, I lied to you, actually. My real name is also Thomas. Uh, Tommy. Uh, Tommy Howard. Um, and he's like, starts to say something else, uh, but... Uh, uh, big Thomas doesn't want to bi- hear it. Yeah, Big Thomas is like, uh, don't spill your beans, basically. Um, and this kind of blends into a scene of... Um, Winslow kind of monologuing about what happened to the real uh, Ephraim Winslow. Um, he was, you know, the foreman on a logging job that he was on, and he just kept ragging on him, and it was just the two of them out uh, along the river, and the log jam came, and he slipped and he fell, and, you know, quote-unquote Winslow, uh, Tommy or whatever, just watched him die. We can call him Tommy now. Yeah, uh, yeah, we can call him. It, it gets a little weird. <laughs> With the characters' names being Thomas and Thomas. Um, yes. But uh, he decided, you know, at this point, like, okay, uh, I've got no prospects, uh, which we start to get the idea that, like, he's got a history, right? Uh, uh, so he says, you know, uh, this guy, Ephraim Winslow, has a clean slate. Um, I, he's just going to, like, take his stuff and assume his identity, basically. The kind of thing that could happen in, you know, 1890. Yeah. <laughs> you could just... Uh, take a guy's stuff and be like, I'm this guy now. Um, you can still do that. Sure. <laughs> um, if you're careful. And at this point, we hear uh, Thomas's uh, voice just echoing across the whole island. Why dispel your beans? Um, Why dispel your beans? <laughs> uh, Winslow slash Tommy has a vision where he finds himself uh, dead up in the tower. Um, kind of like implied killed by thomas um there's a great bit here where you see like willem defoe like naked like shooting an eye beam (laughs) basically yeah yeah, this is based on like a painting yeah uh this is like a a classic like uh, late 1800s painting basically um so uh tommy decides i'm gonna just flee the island um only for thomas to Take an axe to their dinghy uh, and then chase after Winslow. Don't with you it. leave me! <laughs> yeah, out in the storm, um, and you know, inside they argue with each other. Uh, uh, Tommy's saying like, "Hey, you, uh, you uh, killed your your previous uh, uh, second guy. You charmed him with the mermaid statue, and you won't get me that way. Look, I broke the statue earlier, and and you won't get me." And then Thomas is like. You've completely lost it. Why'd you smash up that lifeboat with the axe and chase me around with it? <laughs> um, and this is, you know, I, I love this because this is like... Um, and we just have to accept it. Like, right. yeah, sure. Right. Like, uh, well, because Tommy accepts it. He's like, oh, I, I really am losing it. Like, yeah. I've been having these visions and like, holy shit, I went after this guy with an axe. Like, he just believes it. Um, and, you know, it, it's one of those things where like, you can't tell what's real and what isn't no, at this point. We, I um, mean, you, even at the end of the movie, like you just don't know the truth of anything that any of these guys are saying. Yeah, there, there's a great bit here where uh, Thomas is like, how long have we been on this rock? Five weeks? Two days? I'm probably a figment of your imagination. I would love to say stuff like this to people <laughs> when I'm old and dying. Like you're probably hallucinating me out dying in the snow. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I would love to be that person for someone. Yeah, absolutely. Probably you. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and you know they kind of they kind of do this thing again where they break from this really intense confrontation to them uh you know celebrating with each other they make themselves some uh crazy liquor basically so uh yeah it's turpentine and honey maybe yeah like weird not even prison wine worse than prison yeah the wine. kind of stuff that'll just kill you if yeah. you drink it for very long um and we see themselves like so drunk they're just huddled under a table cackling <laughs> been there uh as water pours into the cabin and floods it and basically like destroys the whole place um but also like in a way that's fantastical like um if you believed like textually what they're showing you on screen like a big wave comes in and crashes through but then like the next I mean that's what it looks like happened like it, the it, next day like the next day it seems flooded but it's like not clear like exactly like how much of the last stuff we saw was even real yeah um um and in kind of like the the next day um Winslow discovers Thomas's logbook uh, and it's just kind of floating around in the ruined cabin. Uh, and he confronts Meeping him. book of water. <laughs> uh, he says he's sick of his lies and he's sick of his goddamn thoughts. Uh, and it turns out that, uh, you know, Thomas has actually been keeping track of all of Winslow's, like, misconduct up to this point. And he was recommending that uh, he be basically let go without any pay for this day. Um, and he's been, you know, lying to him this whole time. Yeah. Dick move, but also he kind of doesn't do a good job. So it's like... I mean, it, it's a really interesting scene, right? Because, uh, you know, Tommy is like, well, how could you do this to me? But also, like, he did do all that stuff. You know, like he's talking about yes. he neglects his duties and he, uh, you know, abuses himself out in the shed, which we did see him doing. Yes. Um pummeling that dick but you know up to this point they've been kind of you know excusing uh like infractions from each other to like get through this horrible mess so the idea that like oh no this guy he doesn't have my back he's actually like fucking with me basically um that just like sends him over to the edge um they break into a fight and they're uh wrestling with each other um kind of the thing that sets them over is that winslow is like just give me one more chance to uh get up and look at the light uh but <laughs> please yeah but thomas is, won't have it you know he calls him a dog for killing the seagull and damning them to the storm um there's like a crazy vision here where like thomas is like suddenly the real winslow who was drowned and then he's the mermaid and then he's like a poseidon version of himself and Dobby's just punching him repeatedly repeatedly until, um, you know, he kind of finally comes to his senses. And Thomas is just, like, spent and just laying on the floor. And, yeah, he says, like, stop, you're killing me. Yeah. Um, and he's totally defeated. Um, and Winslow, you know, tells him to bark like a dog and leads him out uh, on a leash. Um, and we see that the storm is broken. Um, and he... <laughs> leads uh thomas to the hole where they dug up the the alcohol from and he tells him get in the hole and then starts to bury him alive <laughs> uh, as thomas gives like one final monologue um <laughs> with dirt just being dropped on him yeah i love the end of this scene where uh it seems like uh tommy like loses his nerve for a second he like stops burying him and he like goes and kind of digs him out a little bit but then no, he wants the key. He just grabs the key around his neck to the lighthouse and yeah. leaves him there. So I gotta see that light hussy. <laughs> oh, no. Um, 
uh, he like returns to the uh, cabin for the oil can, only for Thomas to uh, come after him with an axe. This is like a great like classic horror movie scene where like <laughs> jump scare. You think the guy's dead, but then he comes at you. Um, but Winslow manages to overpower him uh, and he kills him. Uh, he like axes him in the head, basically. Yeah, you don't see it, but you see. Uh, you see the the, pop- da- the downward swing <laughs> yeah, and the sound the splatter. Yeah, um, but Winslow's wounded. His whole like left arm is basically fucked. Uh, he has like a big uh, like gash, basically. Um, and uh, he gives Thomas, you know, one final toast, and he makes his way up to yeah, the he, lighthouse. He knows the old sailor toast now. Yeah, he's he's learned it over this the stay. Um, and he, you know, goes up to, like, the Fresnel lens and, like, the door, like, kind of opens to the light inside and Winslow gazes into the bulb. And then he starts to, like, shake and scream uh, and he, like, falls down. Gets too excited. Yeah. He falls down every stair in the light. <laughs> yeah, you see him tumble down like a, really funny. Like a cartoon. Um, and then the closing scene is him uh, laying on the rocks on the island as the gulls uh, eat his intestines. Yeah. Uh, you know, we all love Greek mythology. Yeah, the the uh, Prometheus having his, his guts eaten out yeah. uh, repeatedly. Yeah. Uh, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, we go to credits and get a little uh, sea shanty. And what a movie it is. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that's that's the movie. Um I, I love this movie. Uh, I love it, too. I love it to death. <laughs> we we managed to summarize it, but it's really difficult because, um, it, you know, it is basically just... Um, Robert Eggers describes this as basically just the same scene over and over again. Yes. Um, you know, it's just the two guys um, vacillating between uh, drunkenly kind of uh, being in love with each other and then fighting uh, and, you know, dealing with the kind of building animosity. Things men do. Um, Things men do. I but yeah, I, I really like it. You know, it's just a a really, really good version of, you know, a psychological like uh kind of thriller horror movie where it's just you're just stuck with these two guys, you're stuck in one place, there's a little unreliable narrator, visually it's a little interesting, and just the tension fucking builds. Yeah, I, um, I love stories like this. I mean, obviously, my movie last week was The Thing, right? right. Which is also something that kind of buys into, like, the cabin fever aspect of, like, oh, uh, I don't want to be stuck with you anymore. And goes about it in a totally different way, right? Like, it's a lot more about, like... The Thing gonna, is a lot more literal, but... It's a lot more... It's going to show you the creature. It's a creature movie. Yeah. You know, it's about, we're going to show you the monster, and we're going to, you know, scare you that way. Whereas this one is a lot more about, you see, like, the... It's the their, human aspect the, of it. Their, you see their, like, mental state deteriorate. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know... I, I wouldn't even say it's a slow burn because there's, like, spikes and valleys of things happening constantly, almost, like, at random throughout the movie. And you kind of never know when the next high-energy scene is going to be with the next low-energy scene. And sometimes they're sandwiched together. And it's um, it's just really good. I, think... I mean, it's the way that tension builds with another person in your life, right? Like, it starts as small things. And then everything they do just bugs the shit out of you. And then it's just, it it explodes. And when yeah. you can't get away from them, it's that much worse. Yeah. Um, and, you know, um, it, so this movie... Um, Eggers has, like, a very specific directorial style. 
where he likes to do like really intense research and then be like as periodically like accurate as he can. I love that. Um, It's like his way of world building where instead of like building a universe to be in, he tries to like take you to a real place as best he can. Um, And everything from like the way they talk to the costumes to the visuals is all in service of that. Yeah. Um, And yeah, uh, I know uh, they made this set from scratch in the which they also had like the the furniture of the time made by like craftsmen and stuff. It's just the the level of detail is crazy. Yeah. Um and they're pulling from stuff like um old blog books and like a an old uh, like novelist who would interview like real uh sailors from like this period. And well, this is kind of loosely based on, like, a real story, too. Yes, it's also, uh, like, roughly based on a story about two lighthouse keepers named Thomas and Thomas, who yeah, both that, got stranded. Yeah, that's the real part. Also, yeah. um, apparently these two just weren't known for liking each other very much. They would argue in public and stuff. So when one, uh, I couldn't see exactly how he died. They just called it uh, an accident. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, make of that what you will. Yeah, you only have that other guy's uh, <laughs> testimony to go off of, but well, and that element of like uh, it, it's you know, um, it's also uh, so this movie uh, was co-written with Eggers's brother Max, um, and I guess this was originally Max's idea for a movie. He was roughly basing it off of like an unfinished poem by Edgar Allan Poe um, about being stuck in a lighthouse. Um, it's like Poe's last. Uh, uh, story yeah, that he never I'm, finished i'm not familiar um well there's basically none of it you yeah. know there's like the first couple chapters um and this movie is like a edgar Allan poe story you know it's the elements of like unreliable narrator coming in and the slow building dread of just being stuck in the situation well, it's got it's, like some telltale heart elements of just like guilt kind of eating at you also in the like winslow story and the telltale heart that's uh a short film adaptation is one of Eggers' first movies. Yes. Uh, yeah, so it's kind of where he got his start. So um, he he's an interesting guy. Um, so his previous movie was The Witch, which was uh, a lot more like commercially successful than this movie. Um, oh, yeah. Well, it's in color for one. Sure. So but... so this movie, it had like a $11 million budget and made $18 million back in the box office. So not like a huge moneymaker, but a huge like critical success. Um the reviews for this movie are basically like universally positive. Um, I would say like the things in particular that get a lot of praise are the cinematography, where this got nominated for an Academy Award, um, and and Defoe's performance particularly. I I love uh, Pattinson's I, I, performance I think too. Both of their performances, people really enjoy, and yeah. they're both phenomenal. Obviously, yeah. Um, but like in terms of the stuff that uh, critically, like these this movie has gotten like nominated for in various things is pretty much those two things. Um, and the cinematography, like it's built into the movie, you know, it's the, um, the fact that it's shot in like a weird aspect ratio and shot in black and white. Um, it's, uh, in service to the script. It's like part of the cinematography is part of the storytelling. Um, which is why I think it gets such a good reputation yeah, for that. Yeah. Basically. Um, he's working with like his regular crew here. Um, he's like only worked with the cinematographer. He's worked with like a lot of the same people that he worked with for the witch, um, which were a lot of the same people that he worked with for the Northmen. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so he's kind of, you know, been able to stay with, like, the people he trusts, basically. I think that's good. Yeah. I mean, The Witch being your first movie, in that interview, he was kind of like, yeah, I had a lot of learning to do with that one. And it's like, Christ, dude, you just yeah. kind of hit it out of the park in one, huh? Yeah, I mean, he, he basically, I, like... I debated if I wanted to do that movie for my fall favorites this season, but maybe, yeah. maybe next time. I think that's your favorite of Edgar's movies, and this one is my favorite. Um, it's close, man. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to compare the two because they're so different. Yes, yeah. I, I love them both, you know? Yeah, uh, and you know, he basically like launched Anya Taylor-Joy's career with that movie. Yeah, um, she wanted to be in this one. She's in like a million things now. Yeah. Um, she is in The Northman now. Yeah. Um, we, we both liked that one. Um, it was good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, this is also, I think, the first A24 movie we've done for the show. Is it? Uh, for like an official episode, I think we've talked about some other A twenty four movies, but that's probably right. Um, they're basically like a hoity toity Blumhouse. <laughs> um, well, they're kind of known for doing like the indie stuff now. Like they're not a big studio; they kind of let you have a little bit more freedom than like Warner Brothers would, for example. Yes, so they're like a small indie so studio. If you want to make a um, weird horror movie, that's who you go to. Yeah, their their kind of whole thing is their um like previous studio uh like execs and higher ups that kind of broke off to make like a little independent studio where they do like their first big movies were Spring Breakers and The Bling Ring, which are two movies that I keep getting mixed up in my head, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Um yeah, they have a rep for doing horror movies thanks to uh primarily thanks to Eggers and Ari Aster. Mm-hmm. Um but they've also like they uh financed part of moonlight uncut gems uh everything everywhere all at once so they've done a lot of movies that are yeah um, pretty big and critically successful um you know i think a24 has a little bit of like a uh a rep for being uh kind of auteur ish like kind of aiming high um in terms of like like, they do fancy, uh, like, people out of film school movies as opposed to, like, Blumhouse having more of, like, a we do, uh, you know, unfriended yeah. <laughs> kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, but it's a similar story, you know, if you if you I are... mean, they made a lot of good stuff, but I've also seen some stuff that I hate from A24. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, just the nature of it, it's a mixed bag. Yeah, but... it's just kind of um, the, the thing that you deal with. I think... Um, you know, if you get a director you like for an A24 movie, it tends to be good. Yeah. And if you get a director you don't like too much, then it tends to not be as good. I agree with that. Um, but yeah, I'm obviously a big fan of this one. Um, do you want to do you want to rate it? Let's try to rate this. Yeah. <laughs> Let's try our best. Let's try our best. So first off is spookiness. Uh, how good were the scares and the tension building? Uh, what would you give it? I don't know if this is like a classically scary movie but i'm gonna give it a three just for kind of the atmosphere building and like the the creepy dream sequence stuff i think that's really effective and like just willem dafoe coming in with an axe with the psycho music playing is really really good so yeah i'm gonna give it a solid three yeah i would give it a four i think the like psychological dread uh is very good even though it's like not a hit you over the head with it like it's we talked about ari aster Ari Aster is a, like, I'm going to fucking scare you yes. director. Um, At least hereditary. Uh, definitely hereditary. Um, 
Like, that would be a 5 out of 5 spookiness for me. I think the vibe and the tone is just so good in this that I, I have to give it a 4. Yeah. Um, And the music and, like, the the sound and everything, like, builds and contributes to it. So, yeah, I, I would give it a 4. Uh, next is watchability. How easy is it to just throw this movie on and have a good time? It depends on who you're throwing it on with. I agree. I 100% agree. I think, for me, this would be a 4. But a five if you have subtitles. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, since it's in dialect. It's um, a little bit of a learning curve, like, the first time I saw it in the theater. It took me a little while to kind of, like, tune in to what you're saying. Because it this is, like, dead language here. You are not used to hearing this spoken yeah. out loud. Yeah, 100%. So. Um, honestly, for me, this is a five. Yeah. I-, I could watch this movie anytime. I think it's so fun. I think the performances are just, like, incredible. Both of the main actors have so much charisma mm-hmm. that just, like, I'm on board. I don't even care if I can't understand what the fuck they're saying. Like, it's funny. Well, it's that's why like, you get the subtitles. Well, right. But, like, it's it's funny. It's electric. It's, like, even though it's just two guys in a room, it still feels like the pacing is fantastic throughout. Like, I'm never bored in this movie. Um, I understand that, like, for some people, that there might not be, like, quite as much there. Um, but... Just for me personally, like my own rating, like I have to, I have to give this a five. This is like a super watchable movie for me. Yeah, I it's, understand that. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and then last off is the Vincent Price. Oh my God. Vamp rating, the campiness and overall performances of the movie. Uh, <laughs> this is a five out of five. I mean, can we give it a yeah. six? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's it's five Hark Tritons out of five. Yeah, it's it's, it's incredible. Crazy. I mean, it it is the thing that this movie is hanging its hat on, right? Yeah. It's the fact that it's Defoe and Patterson. Um, both of those guys basically like saw the witch and were like, "This is great. I wonder what the next yeah, thing they, that guy's going to do." Is they independently approached him like, "Hey, whatever you do, I want to be in it." Yeah, I guess Pattinson only wanted like a weird project oh of course he does he, yeah he has the right to but yeah. then he did batman so i mean so i listened to a few interviews from him for this movie that i thought were really interesting and he said like he gets really excited by roles that he can imagine another actor being really good in mm. he's like oh that would be great i can imagine like so-and-so doing it i have no idea how i would get there and then he's like i'll do that and okay. i'll try and get there which is how i see him doing batman you That's know interesting um but yeah he just wanted something weird and this was like this, weird, is pretty, weird enough. this is pretty weird. <laughs> Whereas it seems like Defoe was more like on board for anything. Yeah. Uh, like he was also in the Northman and like a more of a bit. He's a, he's amazing in the Northman. Yeah, also. I, I love him in that. Um, he's just you know he's in it for the for the for the, the ride camp. basically. Yeah. He, he wants to to feel the performance and he's like a theater guy. Uh, I think he really like this movie plays to his theater strength yes. super hard. I think. Um. So yeah. Um. For me, like this is absolutely is you know five out of five five out of five it's got the it's got the language it's got the performances it's you know it's great amazing um so yeah uh for me it is a 14 out of five uh for you it's a 12 plus or minus depending on who you're showing it to i guess so um but yeah just like uh, top to bottom like a great great time where are our bonus points going though that's a good question. The mermaid, maybe? That, I mean, it's the mermaid, obviously. The mermaid gets some points. She gets points. She gets points. It depends on what kind of fishy taste we're talking about. 
Jesus Christ. Like, is uh, it is it going to be like a fishy, kind of like overwhelming, like mackerel tilapia? Three stars. Flavor? Three stars. Or is it going to be like a creamy uni? <laughs> Three stars. Four stars. All right. Depending on flavor. <laughs> Plus or minus. Yeah. All right. Uh, and that's the movie. Yeah, that's. The- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Do you, we could honestly talk. I could talk about this movie forever. Me too. Um, honestly, it, it's just a lot of fun. Um, obviously, like everything we've said up to this point, it it really does feel like difficult for me to like do it justice in talking about it. It's really like it's a hard one to talk about, but I think we did a good job. Yeah, I mean, I think like you just have to buy in to what this movie is doing and be along for the ride and either that gets you or it doesn't get you. It better um, get you or you have bad taste. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's this is movie. Is that too inflammatory? Is that too hostile? No, I, th- I think I think it's our... <laughs> Um Yeah, so should we um, should we talk about what we're doing next? Ooh, my final pick is next week. Our final fall favorite. Fall favorite. And uh, it's kind of more of a a, a springy movie, if you it's, will. It's true, yeah. But my fall favorite is going to be The Wicker Man. Let's go! Two classics from you. I know. I'm I'm so into it. I Well, I got to get the big ones out there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Hey, there will be more fall favorites. There will be more fall favorites. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Uh, so we're doing the Wicker Man, the nineteen seventy nine. Seventy nine. I want to say. Uh, yeah. Uh, the original. God. We are not. I don't want to have to say that. All right, it is seventy three, directed by Robin Hardy. Uh, yeah, it kind of had a weird release over here for a lot of reasons. Yeah, uh, starring Edward Woodward and Christopher Lee. Just doing it in oh this one. Oh my god. Uh, Heartthrob. And yeah, yeah. I, uh, we'll tune in next week for our final fall favorite. And then, uh, you know, it'll be the return of the sack. Yes, the sack will make its triumphant return. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but thank you everyone for listening. Thank you. Uh, Opal, if people want to uh, uh, send you hate mail uh, <laughs> for your opinions and deeds. Where can I do that? Thank you, thank you. Uh, you can find my socials and my links at opal.card.co and you can find all my stuff. And like you said, send me hate. <laughs> I love the attention. Uh, and you can find the show at Scary Pair. Uh, follow us on Twitter. If you enjoy the show, uh, you know, give, give, us a, give us a review on your podcast Slap platform. Slap that retweet button so fast. <laughs> just, just uh, you know, tell a friend about it. Uh, we love to, you know, get new listeners. Um, and you can find me uh, at putrid underscore imp on Twitter. You can find my other show, uh, Level With You, a World of Warcraft a classic book club uh, at Level With You Pod. It's not a book. We talk a little bit about uh, video games every week. Yeah. It's not a book. Close enough. (laughs) All right. That's going to do it. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for listening. Hark! We're just staring into each other's eyes. Hark, Triton! What if I tried to kiss you and we just started punching each other? (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye.